0: Welcome back, everybody, to Aggregate Latte, not to be confused with Bush Latte, but relatively inspired by it. We're joined here with your host, Ricky Leone, that's me, and my co-host, B-Minus. Say hello, B-Minus. Good morning.
1: Sunday morning. This is B-Minus.
0: We're sitting here in the recording studio where my co-host has just performed the Pelosi Reset and officially lost his mind after being set up by his hairdresser. Good morning, Sunday morning. Absolutely. Whatever helps you sleep at night. So we're gathered here today to talk about Darth Pelosi in the news again, recently officially backing a 2017 bill to establish a commission to evaluate presidential capacity. This, just before the November election, in which a committee of completely partisan members shall determine the fate of the president. On a whim,
1: even. Uh, So Pelosi was quoted as stating the plan isn't for the president to say that he's a perfect physical specimen. Specimen, maybe I can agree with that, and young. He said he was young. Uh, She also said Trump is, shall we say, in an altered state right now, Uh, And the disassociation from reality would be funny if it weren't so deadly, the 80-year-old speaker added while wearing a mask.
0: You know what's funny is, like, she's talking about, because we are going to have the oldest president in history soon, no matter who gets elected. Biden, 78. Trump, 70-something else, like six or four. But then you got this dinosaur, this absolute bag of bones, fucking 80 years old, bag of bones and she's trying to place judgment on somebody younger a given not by much but it's still just a little bit laughable
1: six years and biden here is 77 so he's trump is 74 biden 77 years old
0: so this committee commission whatever you want to call it I like calling it a committee because that's what it seems like. It seems like it's completely partisan and people are just going to be throwing around their opinions the entire time. It's just a bunch of people yapping back and forth and it's going to be completely partisan. So we got 17 members in the bill that says the committee is going to be manned by 17 members. And they're all completely partisan. Two of them appointed by the Senate Majority Leader. Two of them appointed by the Senate Minority Leader two by the Speaker of the House, two by the House Minority Leader. That makes up the first eight, right? And then the second eight are former high-ranking Cabinet officials and or former Presidents and VPs, four of which appointed by the Dems, four of which appointed by Republicans. How is this actually going to present a valid assessment of the Presidential capacity if it's clearly manned by Partisan people appointed by some of the filthiest fucking politicians in history.
1: and so the, the thing that I find the most uh, interesting, at least in that section of this proposed bill, is that it, it's very clear that it has to be uh, Democrat and Republican. So there's no alternative parties uh, involved in this process. So it's it's listed as if it's going to be uh, bipartisan because it's. I mean, it is bipartisan, but it's. It's very clear that this is those two political parties uh, limited. So it seems like, um, again, it's only going to be two parties deciding the fate of the whole country here.
0: It serves to effectively limit the power of other smaller parties or independents, which, given, don't make up a large population within Congress, but they are present nonetheless. But just how relevant are they? I suppose is the question obviously not relevant enough to justify being included as appointers of anybody on this committee.
1: You know that's probably something that we would need to discuss another time. I do think that the sentiment, uh, at least from my experiences, uh, people don't really like the fact that the country is locked into a two-party system. Uh, most people wish there was another choice, and I, I think that that is part of the problem, is these two parties definitely feel the need to limit uh, the ability for anybody else to, to step in.
0: Well, here's the thing, though, on a, on a side note on that topic. You know, independence would be more popular if more people were independents and would vote for independents, or alternate parties. You don't like Biden, you don't like Trump. Well, you have independents running in the election, why the fuck don't you vote for them? Oh, because any vote for an independent is a vote for Trump. I think
1: most likely the big issue is that independents really don't have the same reach uh, as any uh, the two big parties. You know, the the money and the... Ah, uh, new or the the press ability. That's what I'm trying to say. The press capability of Republicans and Democrats is unprecedented as far as politics is concerned. So, you know, I'm familiar with one of the independents running right now, but that's that's you know barely a thing. And and how you would do that is to specifically go out and research that. And and the United States has become a very passive political system. I think it just it really limits. The potential for a third or independent party for coming in and and doing well in U.S. politics, I think.
0: Not only that, but in the grand scheme of things, it limits our ability to truly have a fair election. I mean, it's true. How can you have a fair election when you got two dudes duking it out on stage and then you got the guy over in the corner being like, "Hey, maybe if we did something that actually sounds smart." It's like it's like the Bethesda meme all over again. It's it's literally like the the freaking Bethesda meme where they're all sitting in the office having these terrible ideas and this one guy raises his finger and he's like, "Hey, I have a good idea." And they fucking throw him out the window. That's exactly what it sounds like.
1: I think the questions are uh, specifically biased like if we, if we went back and looked at the first debate, the presidential debate itself, it seemed very much so like the questions were biased against Trump. So whether or not I'm a supporter of him, it seems like the host was not a supporter of him. And the way that he grilled Trump seemed pretty aggressive and Biden was really passive. So the system, like the media system, is what people follow. And when the media system targets one, then you know votes tend to swing that way as well.
0: You know, I noticed the same thing in the vice presidential debate, too. And and people were commenting this, too. The moderator was just railing on Pence every time he would try to interject even just a little bit. Like, Harris would jump all over him. The moderator would jump all over him. And yet, Harris could make her little snide remarks without anything. No comment. They were very snide. And those faces. Oh, my God, those faces. Those faces that Kamala Harris was making during the debate have literally become a meme.
1: Uh, so I guess back on topic... Pelosi mentioned specifically that this is not targeted at Trump, but her comments were targeted about COVID-19. She's she's mentioning Trump's contraction of COVID-19 and using that in some way to state that he's not fit to be the president or that he should be handing out those reins, which really doesn't make a lot of sense. This whole thing that she's backing right now, it, it's very targeted whether she says it or not. It's right around the COVID-19 uh, for the, the White House. It's Right around the election it's the comments she's making it's biased against trump and then you know like the theories that you were mentioning also if this isn't in regards to trump it seems like it could be very much so to remove biden so that harris would be the first female president it, no matter how you look at it, it doesn't it doesn't really make a lot of sense and when we read through the 25th amendment uh, section four specifically it seems like there's already provisions in place that allow this whole bill to occur so why we need to create a bill to enact an amendment doesn't really make a lot of sense it just seems like a very big political statement that um Lucy thinks that Trump is unfit i mean like that that's something i think that she could definitely try to to play though is if especially as speaker she pushes this right in the november time frame and they they try to get the president removed from office because he's unfit i mean obviously yeah Pence has just kind of veto that but I mean, it seems like no matter how they go about it, Pelosi's going to try to find a way to remove the president, whether it's through impeachment, which doesn't really remove the president, but the process may, uh, or through some really sketchy, fishy means like this. And then I wonder if they could do the same thing against the VP. This mentions the president, but can you imagine if they try something like that on the VP? That's crazy. That'll be the uh, bill number two. They'll say that the fly on his head is a clear health issue. Uh, (laughs) He didn't know there was a fly on his head and there's something wrong with him. (laughs) Can you imagine that, shit? Okay, so A through D of subsection A1 shall be a physician of the two members appointed by each individual under such paragraphs. One shall be a physician with a specialty in psychiatry. The chair shall be a physician or an individual who meets the requirements of subsection A1E3 or both. This term physician means a doctor of medicine licensed to practice medicine, surgery, or osteopathy in a state.
0: Okay, so there is a requirement for at least a couple people to be physicians. Yeah. But here's an interesting thing. They don't specify that one of them has to be uh, psychiatric. They do. Do they?
1: Yeah, so each member appointed to the commission under subparagraphs A through D of subsection A1 shall be a physician. Of the two members appointed by each individual under such paragraphs, one shall be a physician with a speciality in psychiatry.
0: So they are requiring a psych doc.
1: So uh, down to... Where was this, section four? It says that they will evaluate uh, on physical illness or disability, mental illness or deficiency, alcohol or drug use, any other condition or contingency rendering the president unable to execute the powers and duties of the office of the president. Any other condition or contingency. So it seems primarily the first three things are targeting a health-related problem, you know, alcohol dependency or drug dependency is now classified as as a psychiatry issue but then we go to any other condition or contingency and that one seems pretty relative there it uh, doesn't seem like there's any like limit to what they could decide would be a factor for them to declare it so i mean like you know with Pelosi's history with the impeachment stuff all all she has to say as well I don't think he's very honest, so that doesn't seem like he's fit. Now, I don't. I don't think Pelosi would be part of this. Obviously, it'd probably be some sort of um, Democrat powerhouses that they would put in this position. But it seems pretty open to to what's deemed an issue.
0: Well, the good news is there is one hero lying in the shadows who can prevent this. The vice president is in a position to overrule the judgment of. The commission if he disagrees with it then the president shall remain in power because on a second note the vice president has to agree that the president is unfit in order for him to be relieved of his duties even with the committee the 25th amendment still stands and if the vice president doesn't agree you guys have no case
1: and, I, and the other thing i guess to add to that is what Still, is a bit strange uh, with this whole thing. Is the Twenty Fifth Amendment? This is a bill based off of the Twenty Fifth Amendment. But the Twenty Fifth Amendment states that the president can decide if he is fit or unfit. Uh, so I don't know how that would work. Would this bill be capable of overriding an amendment? Because it doesn't. I don't know of any legislature that is powerful enough to override an amendment. Is that correct?
0: It doesn't specify the actual implementation of this commission. It simply states that it shall exist and it shall be composed of people who know what the job is like, what it entails, and those who are knowledgeable of medical conditions and psychiatric conditions. I know that in Section 6 of this bill, it lists the report. The commission shall, in consultation with the vice president, transmit a report to the Speaker of the House and the President Pro Tempore of the Senate, that shall include the declaration described in Section 4 of the 25th Amendment, providing whether the President is able to discharge the powers and duties of the office, and otherwise describing the findings and evaluations of the examination. So that sounds to me... Like this is just going to be expert advice that shall be given to the heads of the respective legislative houses, and upon that, in conjunction with the VP, they shall issue the revocation of presidential powers. I suppose you could call it. So it sounds to me like basically this is just an advisory council.
1: So again, it it just keeps coming back in my mind that this is is a current events political statement. Uh, that Pelosi thinks that the president is unfit to be the president, and she's gonna, you know, pursue that in whatever means possible. Because it, it doesn't seem like this really has a lot of power, and the 25th Amendment seems like it would strip any any power of this by default. We're we're just taking the 25th Amendment Section 4. That's really what this is all based around. Is Section 4, not one, two, or three, and stating that Congress can remove the president. Um, and that, and it's, it's already a power of Congress. So now we're going to create a, a committee based off of a power that Congress already possesses. Couldn't we just have a special section or a special hearing that created this committee in the first place? Like, Would we need a bill
0: for it? It doesn't seem like we'd need a bill. I think it depends on how much it would cost. There's, there's always limits in Congress on what you can do willy-nilly and what you have to introduce legislation to do.
1: Uh, I, I, you know, I know that Congress is gonna gonna make more of a cost out of this than it should be, but I don't really see the costs associated with it currently. You know, we have a hearing. We state, hey, the president needs to go see such and such because he's been acting weird lately. Such and such says, you know, he's unhealthy. As I, I could see the costs associated with the medical side of it, but with the congressional side of it, it's like, you know, they're gonna get diem and whatnot. Is that in order to go speak with doctors, or are they gonna have this hearing in San Diego and? <laughs> Everybody has to fly down there so that they can all go to the fancy hotels. Like, wait, this really shouldn't cost very much. It, it seems like it should be fairly easy to do. Everybody goes to the Capitol, says, hey, something's wrong with the president. That's, you know, that's where I'm like, where, where is this cost associated?
0: Well, you know, doctors don't come cheap and neither do politicians. So it's, it really boils down to what the process of examination is going to be and how long it's going to take. And how many people are gonna have to be paid during that process? And I believe that's where all the cost comes from. Is entirely salary based. Salary, travel expenses, lodging expenses, it's gonna add up.
1: Section six here? I see HIPAA mentioned, and that's that's a question I'd like to bring up. Like, how would this go about with the president's, you know, right to privacy for his medical? You know, are they gonna like Make this a special private hearing, in which case only the members of the committee ever know what's wrong with the president. And then the rest of the country has to just be like, oh, they said there's something wrong with his health. He's not fit to be the president. Or are they going to strip any health privacy from the president and just say, oh, yeah, dude does drugs on a weekly basis?
0: I imagine that the report is going to just basically give a blanket yes or no. But I could be wrong. I don't see the legal precedent for being able to suspend somebody's HIPAA privacy. That sounds a little outrageous.
1: In which case, the things I see is it would be a redacted report, and then with the redacted report, there's going to be a special hearing to release that information. This is going to go in circles. And by this point, the VP is most likely going to say, ah, the president's perfectly fine. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Unless that VP was installed to replace the president i'll go ahead and save that topic for another day and unfortunately ladies and gentlemen that is all we have for you today we look forward to talking to you again very soon with our next episode and thank you very much for watching the second ever episode of the aggregate latte podcast once again not to be confused with bush latte but heavily inspired by it I'd like to thank everybody for listening to us, even though we are incredibly mediocre and honestly have no idea what we're talking about or what we're doing or how to make a podcast or even how to speak in general. We're terrible at all of those things. So again, thank you very much for everybody who views this podcast and especially to those who make it all the way to the end without skipping. So a few updates from last time. We are officially on many different podcast platforms, including Anchor, Overcast, Pocketcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and some others. As well as we are also on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We're on Parlor, a free speech Twitter alternative. We're on YouTube. We're on BitShoot which is a free speech youtube alternative and eventually we're going to be expanding to even more social media platforms such as minds and hopefully we'll be getting our videos up on StoryFire and library and maybe even some others pretty soon here i appreciate everybody who is willing to give us a chance we are brand new at this But we want to be able to give you our opinions, even though they're literally not worth very much. Uh, But we want to add our voices into today's commentary society. And we're not going to just remain on political topics either. We're going to start branching out to other topics that interest us personally. Not everybody's going to be interested in what we have to say or interested even in those topics in general. But I still would appreciate it if those of you who have viewed Aggregate Latte in the past or listened to us on a podcast platform would at least give us a try and hear us out maybe once or twice. So we're going to be branching out to everything from science and technology to video games pop culture mainstream media type stuff uh, even covering silicon valley and hollywood so again to everybody who listened to us and especially to those who listened all the way through the podcast Thank you very much for listening to us and giving us a chance to give you some information and our opinion about things that we generally think are important for people to learn about. Not everybody knows what's going on, especially with some of the things that we're going to be covering in later episodes. Not everybody's going to know about this, and I personally feel that it's very important to inform the world about what is going on and what we can do to make a difference. We're starting out political, but that's not where it's gonna end. It's gonna be all encompassing. Eventually, you know, if you give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, or on Parler, I'll take your suggestions and we'll look into it and we'll give you the information and our take on what's going on. Thank you for giving us a chance. I'm Ricky Leone of Aggregate Latte, signing off. We'll see you again soon.